Hello, and welcome to Sharing Real Hope. My name is Mike Hall. As followers of Jesus Christ, we live in a world system that is hostile to Him and His true followers. The world's way of looking at things is typically 180 degrees opposite from Jesus' way of looking at things. And so with that in mind, if we as true believers are to live wisely in this wicked world, we have to understand that our works matter. Now, James, in the book of James, and that's what we're studying in this podcast series, James, by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, makes it clear that genuine faith goes hand in hand with active obedience. I want to say that again because this is a point that has to be driven home and has to be understood from these passages that we're observing today. James, by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, I don't want to pass that up. This book is written from God's lips. It is breathed out of the mouth of God. And James makes it clear that genuine faith goes hand in hand with active obedience. Let's look at James chapter 2, verses 14 to 16, and they say this, What use is it, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but he has no works? Can that kind of faith save him? If a brother or sister is without clothing and in need of daily food, and one of you says to them, Go in peace, be warmed, and be filled, and yet you do not give them what is necessary for their body, what use is that? Even so, faith, if it has no works, is dead being by itself. But someone may well say, You have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without the works, and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that God is one. You do well. The demons also believe and shudder. But are you willing to recognize, you foolish fellow, that faith without works is useless? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered up Isaac his son on the altar? You see that faith was working with his works, and as a result of the works, faith was perfected, and the scripture was fulfilled, which says, And Abraham believed God, and it was reckoned or counted to him as righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. You see that a man is justified by works and not by faith alone. In the same way, was not Rahab the harlot also justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out another way? For just as the body without the spirit is dead, so also faith without works is dead. Now, I wanted to read that entire somewhat lengthy passage for this podcast so that you could see what James is saying. And, and you know, if you just take it on the surface just quickly, it would seem that James is contradicting what Paul taught, which is we are saved by grace through faith alone and not by works, lest anyone should boast, Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9. It would seem like the two are uh, in opposition to each other. But when you dig a little deeper, you understand that James is not at all disagreeing with Paul, but James is actually uh, elaborating and and clarifying uh, at some level what true faith is all about. Now, we've got to look at the context of this verse, uh, this passage first. And in the context, 
we see in verse 13 uh, that he says, judgment will be merciless to the one who has shown no mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. He's talking about mercy, and he's done it in in uh, view of his previous discussion on personal favoritism, not showing personal favoritism, not showing favoritism to a rich person over a poor person, but having mercy. And uh, by the way, I'm going to talk more about that later. But uh, the, the context here is showing mercy and having compassion. Verse 15 uh, says, If a brother or sister is without clothing in need of it, and you say, Go in peace and be warm and be filled, and yet you don't give them anything, what use is it? And, and, uh, and so he's saying, Look, uh, you, if you're going to have real mercy and show true compassion, it's more than just saying something. It's about doing something. Your real compassion, your real mercy is shown in action. And, and so, so uh, what uh, James wants us to understand is this. True saving faith, he says uh, in, in, in at the end of verse 14, can that kind of faith save him? True saving faith is more than just intellectual assent. More than just intellectual assent. Um, verse 19 says this, you believe that God is one. You, you know, you say, yeah, I believe God is one. You do well. But the devils also believe and shudder. They tremble. Um, look, it's one thing to say that you believe it and to intellectually assent to it, but it is a whole other thing to actually act on it. Uh, and he gives a couple of examples of this business that true saving faith is more than just intellectual assent. He gives the example of Abraham, and we know the, the story of Abraham that was told to go and, and sacrifice his son Isaac. And Isaac didn't, uh, Abraham didn't say, okay, God, I know, yes, yes, I know, I could sacrifice him and, and, and you could, you could uh, uh, save him and keep him alive or bring him back, yes, I know it, and sit there and do nothing. Well, that's not what Abraham did. He actually went, built an altar, bound his son, raised the knife, and was ready to kill his son and act in obedience. But you see, God stopped him, and God had an offering prepared, as God has an offering prepared for us. Abraham acted, and that's exactly what uh, is meant here. And you see, uh, you've got to realize that James quoted a passage of Scripture when he said, Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. So uh, James is believing that, that, that uh, true faith, true believing in God is all that it takes to be made righteous. But he's saying that true faith will act. It will show itself in obedience. And that's exactly what happened in Abraham's case. It was his faith that saved him, but it was his obedience that showed his true faith. And the same is true with Rahab. Rahab was a prostitute in Jericho. And when uh, the, the Jewish spies came in and they, their lives were in danger, Rahab risked her own own life and hid the spies and sent them out another way, a safe way. And that act of faith, it was faith in their God, faith in Jehovah God. And it was faith that was manifested in action that saved her. Now, I want to say very clearly here again, um, works do not save. Works do not save. I'll say it one more time just in case somebody's wondering what I'm teaching here. Works do not save. But 
uh, faith is empty and useless if it doesn't produce works. And that's exactly what James is saying here. And the key to understanding this is found in verse 18. And I underlined it in my Bible where, where James said this, I will show you my faith by my works. That's the key to understanding this passage. I will show you my faith by my works. He's saying true faith is manifested in active obedience, in, in working, in, in something changing in, in, our, in our lives. Now, uh, we can further understand this by backing up to chapter 1 in James, verses 19 through 27, and it tells us how works work, how this all comes about, how, how it works. In verse 19 it says, This you know, my beloved brethren, but everyone must be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger, for the anger of man does not achieve the righteousness of God. Therefore, putting aside all filthiness and all that remains of wickedness, in humility receive the word implanted, which is able to save your souls. Now I want to stop there for a moment at the end of verse 21 and say, here's how works work. It begins with being willing to listen. That's verse 19. Quick to listen, slow, uh, uh, quick to uh, listen, quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. In other words, we have got to be willing to listen to the Word of God. That's what's being referred to here in this context. As you read, and heard read in verse 21, in humility receive the Word implanted. Got to be quick to listen. Be willing to listen. Are you willing to listen to what God has to say? That's where all of it starts. It continues by clearing out the ears of our heart. He says in verse uh, 21, put aside all wickedness and, and filthiness. In other words, the, the idea there is if you're going to hear, you've got to clear out the earwax of your heart. You've got to be willing. Sin will keep us from the Word of God. Sin will keep us from, from moving forward. In true saving faith, repentance has to happen. What is repentance? It's turning away from our own way and turning to God. Now, somebody would say, well, is that, is that, um, is that a work salvation? No, it isn't. True faith produces work. And if I am going to place my trust in the Lord Jesus and His finished work on Calvary, I have to, uh, this is not good grammar, but I have to unplace my trust in myself. I have to turn away from my own way. There's a way that seems right to man, but the end thereof is death. So I have to be willing to turn from my own way and to, to repent. That's what repentance is. Turn away from me, a change of heart, a change of mind, uh, uh, which results in a change of direction. I'm going, not going, I'm going in my own direction. I'm going to stop and do a 180 and go in Jesus' direction. I'm going to place my faith in Jesus. So it continues by clearing out the ears of our heart. And then it is possible only by receiving God's Word. Last part of verse 21, in humility receive the Word in planted, which is able to save your souls. Peter said, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible seed, the Word of God, which lives and abides forever in, in any true birth. 
if there has to be seed, the seed of the man uh, that, that is implanted, and there has to be seed in the new birth. And the seed in the new birth is the Word of God that gives us the gospel, the good news of how we're saved. You can't be saved apart from the Word of God, apart from the Word of the gospel. And so it's only possible by receiving the implanted Word. And then... Um, uh, these works begin as we look in the mirror of the Word of God. Listen to what it says, verse 22, But prove yourselves doers of the Word and not merely hearers who delude themselves. You're deceiving yourself if you, if you say you, you uh, believe the Word, but you don't do the Word. Verse 23, For if anyone is a hearer of the Word and not a doer, he's like a man that looks at his natural face in the mirror. For once he has looked at himself and gone away, he has immediately forgotten what kind of person he was. But one who looks intently at the perfect law, the Word of God, the law of liberty, and abides by it, not becoming a forgetful hearer, but an effective doer, this man will be blessed in what he does. There it is. It happens when we look in the mirror of the Word, remember what it shows us, and we act and respond accordingly. We act and respond accordingly. So in this wicked world, Works really matter. If we're truly saved, if we're truly followers of Christ, true saving faith produces uh, action in our lives, produces active obedience to the Word of God, to God in our lives. Faith and works are Siamese twins. You cannot have true saving faith that is not producing uh, action and obedience and, and repentance and works in, in our lives. Now, there are two obvious works that are acts of obedience that are uh, illustrated here at the end of this passage. It says, first, if anyone thinks of himself to be religious and does not bridle his tongue but deceives his own heart, this man's religion is worthless. One way is uh, the controlling of our tongue. In this wicked world, you and I know all you got to do is be on social media to see that that's necessary. And we're going to talk about that in the next podcast. The second one is showing unselfish love to those that can't reciprocate necessarily, the orphans and the widows. The bottom line is this. True saving faith manifests in our lives through real life change, through obedience. And I hope that you'll keep that in mind as you navigate this wicked world. Well, until next time, God bless. Thank you for listening to this edition of Sharing Real Hope. We hope that you were encouraged in your walk with Christ by what you heard. Please take a moment to email us with your questions, prayer requests, and comments. Our email address is sharingrealhope at gmail.com. Again, that's sharingrealhope at gmail.com. Or you can visit our website at sharingrealhope.org. Until next time, keep living in and sharing real hope.